Welcome to Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And this is Wrestling Goons Radio, WrestleMania post show. I have, my name is Anthony Hammett, and I have with me Mark Pitts and Dan Tanner. We got a lot to get into, so stay tuned with us for all that we have lying ahead. We want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. You can listen to us online at WrestlingGoonsRadio.blogspot.com. While you're there, check out our social media and download us on iTunes and Stitcher. As I said, I have Mark Pitts and Dan Tanner with me. WrestleMania started off with the post-show, our pre-show, excuse me. And on the pre-show, we wound up having the first match being Kalisto and Ryback. Dan, what was your thoughts as we got into the show starting out on the USA Network and WWE Network Cyblecast? Uh, actually, I thought this match should have been on the main card, I guess, because, I mean, it's a title match. All title matches should be in the main card, but I'm okay with Kalisto winning. Like I said, the story is about uh, David and Goliath sort of way. I'm surprised that I shouldn't be too surprised, but I'm kind of surprised that Kalisto got the push that he has been getting. And there's been more than those positive push that, you know, I hope to see him with the title uh, probably three to six months, you know, down the line. I'll get into my thoughts in a minute, but first I'm going to go to Mark. Mark, what was your thoughts since the show kicked off with the U.S. title match? This was obviously moved to the pre-show just this previous week once the Battle Royal got moved to the main card. I thought that it deserved to be on the pre-show for the quality of match that it was. I mean, it was like eight minutes, but... There wasn't anything too spectacular, and you want to build this, like, big guy that's destroying people beforehand, but yet he can't get the job done. Um, Who knows? I mean, it it wasn't anything cheap or anything. Kalisto legitly pinned him after one Selena Del Sol, and that was it. I think that's my biggest problem with it, and this is like the third time now that the WWE has tried to run a Ryback Man a Bully storyline, and it's just not believable if the first little man that you fight in a big match, you can't beat him. I don't, I, yeah, he beat Sin Cara and I think Neville, maybe possibly Neville, he beat another little guy, and that's Ryback beating a couple of little guys, but he can't beat Kalisto then your whole gimmick doesn't mean jack crap, and there's no slight on Kalisto, but the whole story is, I'm two of you, and the big guy always wins, and that's just not the case, so it comes off making Ryback look very, very stupid, no pun intended. Any final... Yeah, go ahead. At least make him take a couple finishers. I mean, shit. Um, so, is everyone okay with the fact that Kalisto is a champion, though? I mean, at the end of the day, you can give or take. Like, I, I understand that he's getting the push, and he is the U.S. champ, so, I, like I said, it's not as much a slight on Kalisto. I just felt like Ryback needed to win this match for his character and the build of it, and, you know... Kalisto can get that belt back. There, there's always a good story in the baby face chasing, in my opinion. I think wrestling works better when it goes that way. Any final thoughts, Dan? Uh, no, I'm done. No. No more on that. So we're going to move on now to the second match. 
Well, what's the second match on the card, Mark? The second match was the Ten Diva Battle Royal or tag match or whatever. Team Lana versus Team Brie Bella. This match really did what it was supposed to do, I, I guess. You had Eva Marie get a little bit of heat in there with the blind tag to Natalia. You had Eva Marie also landed all three of her moves. Eva Marie actually had a suplex city now, apparently. And she had a beautiful slice bread. So, you know what? The crowd wasn't behind her, but kudos to Eva Marie anyway for pulling it off. And Brie Bella with that yes lock. I'm just... That was the most beautiful yes lock she's ever done. And it's just a shame that she's about to go away, but I'm glad she got her moment. And, of course, Lana was looking sexy as always. Mark, I'll start with you, and this was probably your highlight on the night, as it always is, the 10 Diva match. Yeah, I mean, each, every Diva got their moment and got a little bit of offense in, including Lana. So, I mean, it didn't hinder any of the Divas in any type of way. And we had a couple of outside high-flying spots. Um, Eva Marie, I think, actually kind of silenced the boos with the first Hurricanrana. And then they, I think it kind of went to more shock and awe when she actually hit two suplexes. And then the slice bread to end it. But yeah, the Brie Bella yes lock, that was, that was a pretty incredible way that she got into the move to begin with. And then the execution of it was great. So who knows, maybe with like six to nine months or maybe she takes a year off and Brian helps her out through the, after the baby making process is done. Maybe she can come back. I don't know. But yeah, it's just kind of sad to see her leave whenever she's just now getting good. But overall, I think it told what it was supposed to tell the total divas over team bad and blonde or whatever. But I don't think that Lana's done yet. Dan, what was your thoughts on the Divas match? I didn't care, really. It was basically a brief send-off. And I can't believe you even complimented Eva Marie. Wow. I meant the move. She didn't mess anything up, Dan. What do you want me to say? I mean, but still, it's Eva Marie. Um, I think it's going to be kind of cool because I think she's like the female version of Roman Reigns now. But she's going to be like, she's going to play that character of annoyance where I'm the good girl. You guys hate me, but right. I'm still going to be in your face. All right, let me cut you off right here because I I love the, the fact that you want to start controversy and that's great. But you just compared Roman Reigns to Eva Marie. I compared Eva Marie to Roman Reigns. That's even worse. That's a slap to Roman Reigns. <laughs> That's a bit, that ain't even a slap to Roman Reigns. That's a kick to the nuts, Dan. Wow. All right, go ahead. Keep going. No, I'm just saying, like, um, it was okay. It, I guess this is a good good way to promote all your divas um, in one match or whatever. And will I miss Brie Bella? Not so much. I probably might miss her more than I miss Nikki. Let me tell you why I would miss Brie Bella. Because she's the only thing left of Daniel Bryan that I have. And that the WWE Universe have. And that's why we yes when she does the kicks and when she tells us yes. So that's why I'm going to miss Ring Bella. I'm living Daniel Bryan through her. Well, I mean, he can always come back in some form or fashion. He can always make that sort of uh, guest appearance or whatever, but... He can't do his moves. 
He could do a kick here and there. He just can't take a bump. Oh, we'll get into that later on. How about somebody else that can't take a bump? Anyway. Alright, Mark. Well, we ended with the Usos and the Dudleys. I had a big problem with this match, but I'll go last. I'll go with Dan first. Dan, what was your thoughts on the Usos and the Dudleys ending the pre-show? Um, another match that I didn't care about was like one of those, hey, the Usos are having a WrestleMania moment or whatever, and Dudleys are going to be in the WrestleMania and we're, we get to see chairs. It was more so of an entertainment match than more so something that you take seriously. Um, it was cool to see the Usos put the Dudleys through the tables. And no, it wasn't. That was it. no, it wasn't. It wasn't? No. It wasn't? No. And I'll tell you why. The crowd didn't want it to happen. When the crowd started booing, at that moment, the Dudleys should have been like, screw this. We're calling an audible. You're getting three in through a table. Because the crowd's going to boo the rest of the night anyway. At least send them home with a pre-show at me. Good lord. But Mark, they're heels. It doesn't matter. So is Triple H. But they cheered the hell out of him. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, uh, it was a short match. I mean, sure, they got the win or whatever. But I kind of agree with Anthony. Anybody in that arena would have cheered the Dudleys doing the 3D and breaking the tables. I mean, hell, they cheered the heel group to go get the tables to begin with when they thought that they were going to 3D them through the tables. So, I mean, I, I really don't understand why you just don't call an audible on the spot. And then maybe on Monday the Usos can put the Dudleys through the table, whatever. And the Dudleys have built up this whole storyline about they're not associated with tables. They're not a nostalgia act. And the whole storyline's been built around tables. That's my problem with it. Dan, any final thoughts? Um, nope. I got a question before we move on. The Usos getting booed relentlessly. Roman Reigns getting booed relentlessly. I bet things like this write themselves, do they not? I don't see the problem. I mean, I don't know why the Usos are getting booed. Maybe it's one of those things where, hey, they were shoved in our face like early last year and late of uh, 2014 or whatever. But, I mean, I, I don't understand the boos. They're boring. I mean, pretty much. That's it. They're one of the most exciting uh, tag teams. How, how are they? What, on series? the moke? Say what? Are they on the mic? I mean, the super kicks, I mean, can we just play off the indie scene a little bit more? I mean, that's yeah. not that exciting. Can we steal the Young Bucks entire arsenal? Can they, is that what they're going to do next? Oh. Be that, before, that's their finishing move now? Before Lucha Dragons, they were, you know, regrettably the most exciting tag team in the WWE, even before the Dudleys. When are we counting NXT? Because that's not the case. If that's... No, we're, we're, we're counting the main roster. Do we count the Wyatt family that never got their true shot? Do we count Team Hell No before that? I uh, mean, I could go on. Don't even get me started on uh, the Wyatts. Like, <laughs> no, we're, no, we're going here. They're coming <laughs> later on. So, <laughs> All right, main card time. Oh, man. So we're going to start with the Intercontinental title. Apparently, folks, the Intercontinental title is a lifetime achievement award. Because the man won the title who hasn't been on the show in two years. He's in a tag team in NXT 
And when he does wrestling, you can catch him losing on superstars. And he just won the Intercontinental title. I thought the Miz was going to win at first. And then I was like, oh, God, please no. And then it got worse. <laughs> it went from bad to worse. And I watched my favorite wrestler alive, Kevin Owens, laying dead with his head between a ladder. I realized quickly he wasn't going to be a part of the equation. My problem is simply that Sami Zayn is the most over guy in that arena last night. They sang his music all night long after his match. They are obviously in at Keith Marks. We know that. But they love Sami Zayn. And he did the job for Nakamura at TakeOver. This, this was Sami Zayn's moment. That's my problem with it. Mark, can you do any justification to Zack Ryder being in or number seven? I mean, I guess, like, maybe they're putting it on him because he tried to help out Mojo. I mean, maybe that's the case. Or I'm maybe... Mojo fired, though. Like, that, that isn't a good thing. Or maybe they're just saving it to Monday Night Raw and he drops it. And if that's the case, and they give it to the man for 24 hours, that will be more of an injustice to the title than him keeping it for six months. Because how do we go from Daniel Bryan having it, trying to get more prestige on it, to a dominant Kevin Owens having it, then he dropped it for like a week or so to a former world heavyweight champion, Dolph Ziggler, then got it back and hasn't dropped it, and now he drops it in a ladder match. Well, he Even didn't drop it to Dean Ambrose, but I understood that at the time. I mean, even... Having The Miz get it. He was a former WWE champion. I mean, that at least wouldn't have sank it down to the internet championship level. Dan, you're going to tell us why we're wrong, I'm assuming. You're wrong because everyone loves Zack Ryder, regardless of how many wins he's picked up over the last four years or so. Um, At first, I was with you with The Miz winning. I thought The Miz was going to win. I was like all for it. And then when I seen Zack Ryder come out the blue, I was like, oh, Zack Ryder. And I see him climb up that um, ladder. I'm like, okay, somebody's going to stop him. And then when he actually got the title, I was like, wow, this is really awesome because this guy been with the company for like 10 years. And he's been a joke. He's been a punchline. And for once, WWE is saying, with hard work, you can take it however you want, and loyalty, we will reward you. And as far as prestige of the title, the pre- it hasn't been prestige probably. It pretty much went down when Dean Ambrose lost in that crazy. Wait whatever. a minute. Wait a minute. Are you going to tell. Now, you're not a Kevin Owens fan. I get that. You're going to tell me Kevin Owens didn't have prestige for that title? Um, the man who when, beat John Cena? No, no. The thing is, I hate the fact that how he won the title. It's, it it could have been Dolph. It could have been Dolph Ziggler, and I was like, "Hey, the way that Dean Ambrose lost that match." He's a heel. Okay, it's not the the point. Is I'm trying to make is that Dean Ambrose lost the title. He could have went into WrestleMania with the title though. But for me, for him to lose that title, it would have made me Wait think like that. You were gonna have Dean Ambrose fight Brock Lesnar for the Intercontinental title. 
That's Brock- the only thing. That's the only thing that I say. Okay, Brock Lesnar is not gonna wear no Intercontinental title. So it made me think like, if he drops a title, then maybe there's an audible where Dean Ambrose becomes a champion, the world champion. But that didn't happen. So it pretty much just fell off from there. And I'm gonna totally disagree. I thought that Kevin. That's not me being a Kevin Owens mark. Kevin Owens made that title relevant. It was the only title being defended on SmackDown regularly. Like he. He made that build something, and I'm sorry. If they're going to have Zack Ryder defend that title, and as Mark said, if he got a six-month run with that belt, that's embarrassing to all the people that are going to have to job to him. Uh, all- six months is not pretty. It's not bad at all. No, it's embarrassing, because he's going to beat, like, so many people in that six months that should never lose to Zack Ryder. This is like when, okay, the Intercontinental title 12 years ago. It was Ric Flair's farewell tour with a belt. They put Ric Flair and the title on him, and every single week, he was going to be fired by Vince McMahon if he didn't win the match. Ric Flair beat so many people in that run, and I'm the biggest Ric Flair mark of all time. Ric Flair should not have beat those people. The Intercontinental title should not be a lifetime achievement award. It's the working man's title. It's the title that the fans say, this guy worked his butt off. Not that this guy has been here long and loyal. That's not what this build is. He's been a punchline. Everyone loves Zack Ryder. That's every reason why he shouldn't win at WrestleMania. So now your Intercontinental title is the punchline. It's a punchline, exactly. It's been a punchline off and on for the past last past five years. Like you were doing a great job of building it up. So the man that beat John Cena his first night on Monday Night Raw holds the title and it's a laughing stock. Yeah. How? The, look, I understand you guys are disappointed that Kevin Owens didn't Not really. Win. I just sat here and told you I wanted Sami Zayn to win that match. Like I said, like, hey, Sami, Sami Zayn should be happy that he's in that match. That's insane. At, That's at insane. WrestleMania. You know what? As much as I love Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens got that main roster spot by default. That was Sammy Owens. That was Sammy Zayn's spot, and he got hurt. Now, if he hadn't got hurt, we might not even have KO Mania. It might be Sammy Zayn Mania. And the thing is, I'm not going to bash Kevin Owens for being at WrestleMania because obviously he was the champ going in. Even if he wasn't the champ going in, I would have been okay for uh, Kevin Owens to be part- participating in that match. But why are you punishing Sammy for being hurt? You're sitting here saying he doesn't belong. When, like, nine months ago, he had the match of his life with John Cena, where we all thought he was probably going to win that match. And he got hurt. Like, there's... And then he came back in, like, what, two months, and he's like, hey, Sami Zayn, you're going to be in a Intercontinental title match. Like, oh, like, really? But you can defend Zack Ryder winning it. Yeah, I can. <laughs> when Zack Ryder's been on TV less than Sami Zayn has. Oh. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good moral story. When Zack Ryder wins this title, it's gonna be okay. He's not gonna drop the title tonight on Raw. He's yes, gonna watch. Yes, yes. If he does, I'm gonna be really, really highly pissed. And go ahead and get ready. You might want to go ahead and take some blood pressure medicine now, because he's losing. Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder is not keeping this belt. There's no way in the WWE is smarter than that. God forbid. I'm praying with every fiber in me. They're smarter than that. Um, Sami Zayn is. God, he's so over, and he's going to be more over than almost anybody next to Daniel Bryan 
and eventually, God forbid, you gotta give the crowd one storyline that they can clap for. I hope this is it. I really well, let, let me ask you this. Did you feel this ladder match was better than last year or on no, par? No, it wasn't. It was worse. Even, oh, despite the uh, the results of it, you felt like it was worse? Yeah, yeah, despite the results, it was worse. Wow. I thought it was some pretty cool spots, though. Do you remember the spot last year where Luke threw him through the ladder? I mean, there were some good spots, and I liked the Destiny ladder that Stardust had. That was another thing. Like, all the offenses in Destiny and you make Stardust look just awful. Um... I, I just had so many problems with everything in this match. I would have been okay if Stardust would have won, too. Mark, any final thoughts, ladder match? I mean, some of the spots were cool, but honestly, like WrestleMania, Dan, you can have that. The Raw after is the IWC night, and I can guarantee you just about that two titles are going to change hands tonight. So take it with what whatever you wish. Zack Ryder ain't keeping that thing long. Zack Ryder, you take that photo of you and Scott Hall, you frame it up real nice, you shine it up, turn it... All right, we're not going there. I'm going to cut that off there. Then we're going to move on to AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. I felt like this was probably my match of the night. They worked a hell of a match. Chris Jericho got the win. Uh, I felt like that was probably the wrong call, but it looks like they might be going to a best of seven. And if that's the case, AJ's one of the next two. Dan, what was your thoughts on AJ and Chris Jericho? All right, so I, coming into this match, I thought this was like the most irrelevant match of the card because to me, it didn't mean anything. Um, I was wrong because this was an incredible match. This probably was, I want to say, a top three match of the night. I know everyone's pissed off that Y2J went over instead of AJ Styles, but... You got to give it where it's, you know, give credit where it's due. I mean, Y2J's been in this business for so long, and it's great that he took a win at Mania, and people complain about, well, he put uh, Fandango over and all this other stuff. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. Um, like I said, they they fought really hard. A lot of uh, reversals and counter moves and that incredible cold breaker at the end for the win. That was, that was just amazing. And they put on a good show. Yeah, let's not, let's not forget that AJ hit the style clash. We actually got oh, that yeah. for a WrestleMania moment. So we we did, and it get uh, Y2J kicked out of it. Yeah, that's some bullshit. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I was not happy that they were fighting again until I realized that somebody said they're setting up the best of seven series, and then I started thinking, you know what? It's really been a long time since WWE effectively did something like this, where you have that long of a feud that you can draw it out almost throughout the summer, starting in January. That's actually some pretty incredible booking if you really stop and think about it. So in that case, I'm really okay with Jericho winning at the end of the day. Mark, what was your thoughts on the match? Uh, the, ma- the match itself was great. Um, they They went back and forth throughout the night hitting different moves, a little bit of actual mat wrestling, a little bit of just forearms to the face. Overall, it was a great match. Um, I mean, take it or leave it, Jericho won at the biggest night of them all, equals it up, ties the record, I think, what, they're two apiece now or something like that. So, 
I mean, hey, it is what it is, and... Actually, like, AJ is down. AJ's down by one. That's why I think he's winning the next two. Okay. Well, I mean, regardless, I like long-term booking storylines, so I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, I, I really would, too, now that I, you know, I wasn't at first, because I was one of those fans wanting AJ to get his moment, but at the same time, and this is leading to bigger things, I'm actually also glad that Jericho, you know, for so long in his feuds, up to, like, maybe the Bray Wyatt stuff, all the way to Dean Ambrose, what have you, his role has just been to put people over. Like, we we were not taking him seriously at all, and you're like, well, why'd you have to take AJ Styles to make him relevant again? Yeah, I get that, but at the same time, it's really doing a lot for both characters, I think, and I don't think it hurts AJ as much as people think that it does. Dan, final thoughts? My, the only final thought I have about this is that why do we have to have a best of seven? How come this just can't end right now? Why are you not okay with long-term booking? I'm okay with it, though, but we've seen this so many times. It's like, okay, let's move on. Let's let's see uh, AJ Styles another feud or something. No, because if it ended right now, then AJ Styles loses. This is like a best of seven. This is the NBA Finals, and Jericho has the game five edge right now. So you gotta win game six and seven on the this court. Is, so, so you're okay with this going all the way into probably SummerSlam? What else are you gonna do? This keeps AJ out of a title picture because he doesn't need to be in one right now. I mean, he hasn't done nothing to even be in one right now. So I mean, Chris Jericho is a Hall of Famer. He is. I'm not. T- I'm not discrediting Chris Jericho because, like you said earlier, you know his job mostly is to put people over, and he does a great job doing it. But Let's move on from this. Let's, let's create another feud between AJ Styles and someone else. Mark, are you ready for it to move on? Are you okay with best of seven? Best of seven. It ends with an Iron Man match to determine the winner. After the feud is over, you have Chris Jericho picked up some much-needed wins against the top one of the top talents in the world. So whomever he feuds with next gets that little rub off of, hey, he just went toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. If I can just pull out at least one win against Chris Jericho, that elevates me now. AJ Styles went best of seven series with the greatest at what he does, a former IWGP world heavyweight champ, the Hall of Famer. I mean, it like I know you don't understand or don't think that who you beat helps you in the long term, but Kevin Owens beating John Cena and AJ Styles beating Chris Jericho, it elevates not only the person who won that match, but also the other person if they pick up another win. So they're they're more like on equal ground, not really one above the other. And that's kind of where I'm thinking about the whole thing is that you've got to have some kind of balance going in between it, and I don't think they would change that. Well, John Cena and Kevin Owens didn't do a best of seven. They went, like, what, four? And then that was it. But, I mean, that's fine. John Cena wound up winning three, and he only won the one. They only did a best of three, I think, actually, and John won yeah. two. Uh-huh. But... But that, and that's fine, but see, that's the thing. John Cena was going to come out winning that story. It, it, right now, the story ends, Chris Jericho has the edge on AJ Styles, and I promise you, that's not how they want it to end. And it's just better, and it's, it's better to have AJ have to come back from behind the eight ball and get the odds 
back against the wall and win these next two. I think it's genius, and I love Mark's idea to end match number seven in an Iron Man match. I think that's beautiful. I think they'll only get 30 minutes. I don't think it'll be a whole hour, but I'd do it for sure. Final thoughts, Mark? Hopefully we're right and the feud doesn't end and they just keep going. Uh, somehow we need Chris Jericho to either put it in AJ's face or something. Or maybe he just brags so much that he's like, yeah, you want another shot? I beat you at WrestleMania, yada, yada, yada. Coming up next to the segment where, we're, you know what? We're going to probably upset a lot of members of the IWC, but none of us on this show approved of... Mick Foley, HBK, and the Raw, our Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out and ending this segment. The segment started with the New Day coming out of a box of bootios, which I thought was awesome. The New Day is over as always. This was a non-title match, so we kind of knew going in that they were not going to win, and I was okay with that part of it. I was not okay with what happened after it. Now, granted... The New Day did pull out Van uh, Barrett, so it became a three-on-three -three fight with the old-timers. But this faction that just beat your tag team champions just got their asses handed to them by a bunch of people in knee braces and cherry tops. I don't, um, I don't understand. They can't, they can't wrestle anymore for a reason, and they're beating your legit top faction, quote end quote. This was really, really. Really bad booking. It was. I got the nostalgia factor, but everything about this segment did nothing for me to help New Day, and did nothing to help League of Nations. All it did was give the crowd a moment to clap for three Hall of Famers. Mark, what was your thoughts on this segment? Well, first off, the six-man tag match, eh, it, it was meh. I mean, there wasn't anything really great about it. It was what it was. Bad news, Barrett helped get the last pinfall. So, whatever. But yeah, you have the geriatric squad come out when actually, at least I know for a fact that two of them can't get medically cleared to actually wrestle, come out and defeat the team that just beat your tag team champs. I, I mean, yeah, everyone's like, when talking about Roman Reigns, they're like, oh, you you IWC people, you, uh, you want us to build up new talent, but when they're building up Roman Reigns to defeat Triple H, you're, you're all over that. Yet they mark out whenever three old-timers beat up your, like, the faction that's supposed to be running roughshod, all former or champions of some sort, or someone who didn't lose for a year. Like, it makes absolutely zero sense except for at WrestleMania. And the fact is that the League of Nations will never, and I do mean never, get retribution on those three old-timers that just beat them up. No, and it'll be a stain that they'll have to carry forever. Like, people are going to be like, you got, I bet we get a you got stunned chant. Like, they're, you got stunned. That's so awful, and... Rusev, if he had any kind of credential left, it's gone. It died last night. Dan? I'm, like, really cracking up over here. Um, look, the entrance of New Day was, like, awesome. It, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, the match itself, 
already didn't mean anything because, for one, it was a three-on-four match and the title weren't on the line. It wasn't four. It was only three. Oh, it was three-on-three? Okay. My bad. Uh, Three-on-three. Six-man tag, whatever. And it didn't matter. Like I said, um, it wasn't for the title, and it was great to have Xavier involved somehow. Yeah, League of Nations got the victory, and so what? They got beat up by old-timers. It doesn't matter. It's not going to take away the fact that they won against the tag team champions and whoever. No, it makes the tag champs look even worse. You know, that's the difference of opinion. Really? Because at the end of the segment, Austin stunned one of the tag champs. And you know what? Xavier Woods is okay with that. I'm pretty sure he's... He loved it, but... I, it doesn't do anything with character development. I mean, it's not gonna. To me, I feel like it's not gonna hurt them. It was one of those moments, like, hey, we're bringing out some. I mean, you can't bring out Hulk Hogan, so why not bring out Stone Cold, who we haven't seen in the ring in like years, Mick Foley, and HBK, Mister uh, WrestleMania. I mean, so this this three, is great. So three people who have never teamed together are gonna meet up. Four people that always team together and are active. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't mean anything just because it got people get beat up all the time in non matches. So Mark, what's what's the difference? Mark, elaborate. Okay, so you have people who can't get medically cleared to wrestle, right? To wrestle, beat a former two-time champion in Alberto Del Rio and in Sheamus. And a person that you ran roughshod around your entire, like, roster for a year. No one could beat Rusev until John Cena finally did. And you have them get zero offense against 50-year-olds. There was actually a spot in this match, or the actual match itself, when I looked at Mark. And I said, how ironic is it that Big E is about to crush Rusev? When Rusev spent a whole year crushing Big E. Like, seriously. No one really cares about the League of Nations, so if That's they were... That's why, though. They don't care because they're booked so crappy. I mean, you should have went... had New Day beat them. If no one gave a two shits about them and they aren't anything to behold, then how they just beat your tag team champions... In a three-on-three match. Well, like, it doesn't make sense. Let's be clear. After last night, they are not a serious faction anymore. They're not. All their legitimacy is gone. It doesn't matter, really. To be honest with you, when because you could have seen that something was going to happen after they beat them and they were talking about uh, they can be any three team or whatever the case may be. At first, I thought, like, oh, gosh, please don't bring up the free birds and their kids. And then uh, when I seen Stone Cold and HBK and Foley come, I was like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm totally sold on oh, this segment. I almost rolled out of the house. Like, I, cause the, I, knew, I knew Arsenal was the third one. As soon as the glass broke, I was like, this is embarrassing. This is, oh my goodness. Shame, shame on the 100,000 people that applauded that. Because like Mark said, you got two guys. That can't ever wrestle again. Vince McMahon would never clear them in a million years. And the other guy says he's never wrestling again anyway. But look, he has his trunks on. He's got his little chaps on. It was stupid. It was so dumb. Come on, it's in Dallas, Texas. 
come on, you know, you knew that Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to make an appearance somehow. If Shawn Michaels comes out tonight and he's in the middle of the ring, and the link comes out and all day their finisher on Shawn Michaels, then I'll be okay with it. Oh, don't be an all-time, uh, old-time hater or a legend hater, man. You come have on. to get a receipt. They have to get some kind of receipt, and they're damn sure not getting no Austin or Foley. Okay, let let me flip it up. What if it was Edge? And let's say the New Day attacked Edge and Christian. What was it? Was it uh, Royal Rumble or TLC when well, they were? Well, they can't attack Edge. That's not. He can't be touched. Okay. Well, they, let's... they couldn't attack Stone Cold or Mick Foley either because they're not medically clear to take bumps. Physically, they're not though, but they're legends. So basically, the illusion is these guys are untouchable. So now it's a magic trick. Yes, I'm just going to, for the sake of argument, yes. Wow. All right, folks, you're going to turn it here. Wrestling is a magic trick. All right, we're going to move on. Mark, what do we have next? After that, we have the Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose quote-unquote street fight. Finally, something that we're all three going to agree on. This match was built up greatly by Paul Heyman. Did a great job in everything with the vignettes, all the all the little side stuff they did. They built this match up great. And it wound up being a match of Dean Ambrose can't die, but he's going to die anyway. He did nothing to Brock Lesnar at all. Uh, this was terrible. I'm glad it went on earlier in the night, because I would have been really mad if this was one of the main events. I'll start with Dan. Uh... This match didn't do anything for you, I assume. Yeah, it didn't. First of all, it was all this hype, and it really didn't deliver. And you would have thought that they would have took it outside the ring, probably did it in the parking lot, probably would have did it in the highway somewhere. But it was just garbage. I mean, we see the kendo sticks, we see the chairs, we see the chainsaw, we seen all whatever, but it was like after what, I think the match lasted like three, 13 minutes, and I'm like, wow, that's it? It, it actually only went eight. At, it went eight? Eight minutes. Wow. So, pretty much it's like, okay, so are you telling us that Brock is once again, which he's pretty much always been, is a undefeated beast and Dean Ambrose now is losing some kind of momentum because he's been losing quite a lot in the uh, main matches or the main storylines where it counts. He always has. But, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Dean Ambrose. I mean, he doesn't have his intercontinental title. He didn't win the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and it's like, where where does he go from here? Well, first off, that was Kevin Owens' title. But... I don't know where he goes from here. I think that eventually we obviously all know where they're going long term. Because as you're saying, this is going to be an example of where it doesn't matter if wins or losses or what have you. The moment that Seth Rollins walks out on that stage and gets in Roman Reigns' face, Dean Ambrose is going to put his name in the picture and we're getting a triple threat match of the former Shield because that's money and the WWE knows it's money. That's what they're building to long term. But until then... I don't think you're doing Dean Ambrose any favors at all by having matches like this happen. I thought he was going to go for the record of getting, you know, suplexed the most times. He didn't even get the record. He stopped at 15. I was like, God, if you're that close, it can't go. Um, 
I got a 13, though, but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, I, I got 15. Bart, what was your thoughts on the match itself? Being under-delivered as being a lunatic? I mean, I thought F5s were supposed to hurt, but apparently they do if you take them on, like, chairs, apparently. Because, um, like, he can take multiple F5s on Monday Night Raw and crawl back up to his feet and tell him to bring it again. But as soon as you enter him landing onto a chair, somehow now he can't kick out of a three count. Uh, Brock hit him with zero weapons. The chainsaw wasn't used, which, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to. I mean, it was a cool, like, little tease. Um, The baseball bat wasn't used. It was a cool little tease. It wasn't even swung um yeah the kendo sticks hit him a couple times he hit him with a couple of chairs uh got him in one dirty deed um yeah it didn't even leave the uh actual like confinements of the barricade so yeah it was pretty pretty nonchalant street fight yeah when brock broke that kendo stick i was like great i saw you do that on smackdown already so They've already gave me that illusion, as Dan would call it, away. So, they really left nothing to deliver in this match. They didn't use any kind of special thing. I at least wanted Brock to swing a chair at least once. I mean, for real, it's a street fight. It was awful. Uh, Dan, final thoughts? Like, let's talk about how there were some botches in that match, too, because a lot of those spots that were intended to be landed on the chairs really didn't get executed the way it's supposed to be. Okay, I'm it wasn't supposed to be a pretty fight, though. I mean, it was supposed to be just ugly. Yeah, though, but I'm like, hey, if you're going to, you know, have a spot where someone's going to, you know, land on the stacks of chairs, at least do it right. Um, Like I said, this match is just horrible. Well, if there's anything the- we've learned over the last year is that Dean Ambrose does not know how to call an audible. So if he's <laughs> ever in a spot that... They're going through the spot. He's just going with it and making the best out of it. So, yeah, that's kind of where that went right there. What match do we have next, Mark? I believe we're at the Triple Threat Women's Title match. Probably. It was right up there with AJ and Jericho. This match really delivered until the ending. Uh, You get the grand entrance for Sasha. You have Snoop Dogg bring her down to the ring and sing her song. The crowd is all behind the legit boss. And you give us a raw finish with Ric Flair holding Sasha and not allowing her back in the ring. That's a raw finish. That's not a manga finish. I know that's a raw finish because we got it about four times already in this feud. I'm, I don't understand. This is another moment where this is the chance of doing your payoff. Sasha got her moment, and instead, they're just going to build it up even more, and we're going to have to wait longer and longer and longer. We may not even get our moment. Dan, what was your thoughts on this match itself? Well, you know, I was just livid. Like, I was rooting for Sasha Banks to win this. The way that they built this up, like, you would have thought Sasha Banks was going to really win this. It was talking about when she first came to WrestleMania, how she idolized Eddie Guerrero, paid tribute to him. We get to see the uh, frog splash, I believe. And just to see Ric Flair hold her back, it was like, 
What? Are you serious? Like, no, pun, no, no pun intended, old holder, but... <laughs> that went over my head, but I have to think about it. <laughs> but no, but the thing is, it's like, why did you mess this up? I wanted this to end cleanly, at least. It, even if Sasha Banks didn't win, at least let this uh, match go cleanly. But of course, you gotta have Ric Flair. And yes, where was Snoop Dogg? Apparently, he wasn't at ringside or whatever. I don't know. The match itself was good. I, again, this is probably a top three match. It was phenomenal. I can't really dog it other than the uh, ending of it. But hey, that's what happens when you're dealing with the dirtiest player in the game. I was, glad, I was glad it took a bump. Like, Becky was flying over the top rope. That was probably the loudest pop during that match. So, taking Rick out was a pretty good move there. I just wish that Snoop had him in there to even the odds. Maybe that's where they're going on Monday Night Raw. Like, maybe Snoop's going to not allow what happened at WrestleMania to happen again. Mark, is that kind of where you see it going? Yeah, it's where I see it going. But, like, this is so, like, brain-splitting, headache, migraine, whatever. Your biggest show of the year, quote-unquote, is not actually the biggest show of the year as far as giving the crowd their 364 days that they've sat through this bunch of horrible crap shows in order to get to the final chapter. Like, they've seen this ending four or three or four times at least now to where... We've seen that on the 2.7 Raws that you've given us for the months and months and months. So we actually get to see it on the Monday after is what's probably going to happen, which makes zero sense of why you would do it then as opposed to the biggest stage of them all with all of the eyes on it. Like, it just, I, I don't know. But the match itself was great. I think that's my problem when I'm talking about WrestleMania, and this is why I got so handed last night. As you all know, I started a whole bunch of controversy with my rants on the show last night, and my point is simply, as Mark said, this is WrestleMania, and it's not the fact that we all pay $9.99 for the WWE Network, so it's just like any other show. No, it's the people that are part of that $100,000 audience that spent up to $1,000 for their seat. They deserve that moment to bark out for the people they want to bark out for. That's my personal feelings on it. Dan, am I right or wrong? Um, I'd say you're wrong. I enjoyed it. I mean, you could say that the ending was a wrong, was a raw finish. But to me, if it was up to me, I would have booked it just Charlotte versus Sasha Banks one on one. And that might have been a little bit better, though. But the match, you know, paid off. It delivered, in my opinion, in terms of talent and some great spots and stuff. And this one's right here. If you guys have a problem with storytelling and the whole WrestleMania matches, this one told a pretty good story, too. No, it did, but it's it's been telling a good story. It told the exact same story as Raw 3, like, three weeks ago is told. That's, That's not a new story. That's an old story. You didn't even get an ending to a story. You just got a continuation. Not only that, I'll go a step farther. 
Do you know how bad it makes Becky Lynch and Sasha look that every single time Charlotte one-ups them? Like, it doesn't help them. Even if Charlotte would have cheated on her own to beat them, it would have been better than having Ric Flair do it for the third or fourth time. Like, it makes zero sense of why some old man wants to steal some young woman's spotlight. Uh... Well, it's Ric Flair. Mark, I'll go to your final thoughts first. Oh, that was it. Just some old geezer wants to stick his nose into a women's division. And it's it's actually not helping Charlotte as much as Charlotte, if as if Charlotte would have paved her own way of being the dirtiest player in the game and finding a way to outsmart Becky and Sasha, but she didn't. She didn't even do anything to help her cause. And Dad, let me, before I go on, let me go ahead and bring up the fact that, you know what I mean? They don't care about Ric Flair anymore and doing whatever Ric Flair wants to do. Um, like he got JR fired for being drunk at a video game thing a couple of years ago, and apparently he can be drunk while he's giving Sting's Hall of Fame induction speech. Nobody cares. Ric Flair can just be drunk all he wants. Um, about that, I was really, really pissed off because he really didn't tell a good story about Sting. No, he was and, telling all the stories about his friends in the front row. Yeah, so so right there, Ric Flair lose cool points with me. However, and, and you know what, this whole story thing with him and Charlotte, it was great to like you know help her get over it, if you want to say that. But I mean, Charlotte is 2.0 Ric Flair, and she's going to be the next dirtiest player in the game now but she doesn't need rick flair anymore and that's what i think i think that she has learned enough of how the dirty tricks work she doesn't need rick to help do them she can do them on her own mark what do we got next next would be surprising match of the night the hell in the cell I.e., why did it go on before Andre the Memorial Battle Royal? But who knows? Yeah, why did it go on before anything? Actually, this is how we were convinced they were going to end the show. I thought Hunter had got his way after persuading Vince for months and months. And apparently, no. Vince wins. And this match goes on around 9 o'clock. I was stunned that it was on this early in the night. Because it wasn't the match that got the crowd most hyped. Um, I really hope that I find out that Shane is okay when I turn on Raw tonight. I'm worried. I was screaming at my TV, begging him not to jump. There was no point in him jumping. Taker was going to move. I didn't expect Taker to move. That was just a really, 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 really bad spot. It was even more sickening that his kids were in the front row. I don't know why they did that. Um, Undertaker wins. Shane will not mean controlling Monday Night Raw and The Undertaker lives. Mark, what was your thoughts on this match? Uh, it was the match of the night, in my opinion. Um, it started off slow, kind of methodical, hey, I'm the bunch of jabs and punches, and then eventually Taker got his hands on him and then kind of beat him down, but Shane just wouldn't give up, and then it brought the crazy out of Shane. So... It was an awesome, awesome match. I'm kind of shocked at the ending. Um, 
apparently you can build up what probably sold at least 30,000 of those 100,000 seats in that audience as we're finally getting the change that we want to see happen in WWE or someone's news finally taken over and they're going to take it in a different direction. And you pretty much snuff that out with a very clean finish at the end of a great Hell in a Cell match. So now we're just back to square one before this WrestleMania season happened. It's as if, literally, this whole storyline didn't take place. That's kind of what it felt like. I mean, you know, I mean uh, we're going to obviously have to see where they go tonight on Raw. Maybe it's not the end of it. Uh, obviously, Vince isn't going to let us know what's in that lockbox now. Because he won. I don't know why people are thinking that we're going to find out why. That's the whole point of the match, is we're not going to know. Uh, I don't think there was a lockbox anyway. That's just me. I am, I really, yeah, I was Mark. I think that, you know, it's not really believable that The Undertaker would lose Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania to Shane McMahon, but because of the storyline, it had to happen somehow. And you could have had somebody come out and help Shane, and I would have been okay with that, but I, I was not with this. And it says a lot, when in Dallas, Texas, and The Undertaker's quote-unquote hometown at WrestleMania, that he's getting booed after winning with a tombstone. Dan? So, this match went on for, like, what, 30 minutes, I believe? Incredible. It was the longest match of the night, yes. One of them. Yeah, it it was incredible. Uh, Some of the spots were kind of predictable, but that's okay, though, because they were spot on. The climbing of the cage and taking that dive, I was like, yes, this is what we've all been waiting for. And then for a split second, I was like, man, he's going to kill himself in front of his kids. But that's okay. No, no, uh, it's not okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I think that <laughs> the Undertaker shouldn't have moved. He should have just stayed there and took that spot. Maybe he was supposed to. He had second thoughts. He was like, yeah, no, no matter of fact, I'm good. And, and shout out for the line that will be remembered from Michael Cole forever. The only thing that made it look terrible is he can look on the screen and down and you see Shane on the cage. Michael Cole is looking at his paper the whole time to make sure he gets the line right and he doesn't botch it. And if Shane jumps, for the love of mankind, wow, what a pun. What a pun. But the the thing is, even though, I mean, realistically, we shouldn't have have expected Shane McMahon to win because realistically, he's not going to really take over WWE or anything because, I mean, he has his other job. Okay, but realistically, this isn't a real world. And the storyline was building toward the payoff. And Shane is bringing change to roll. That's what they built the show around for two months now. Well, maybe Vince trolled us. Okay, also, what other job does he have? He has that thingamajig job. He sold it. (laughs) Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah, sir. He's just an investor in there now. He's actually not a managing partner. Well, you know what? Now that we're talking, now that I know that now, what if tonight on Raw, they make another stipulation like, hey, one more chance, one more try, but this time you get a real wrestler in his place to go against whoever. Yeah, let me tell you what what freaking reason. how awful that is. That makes your WrestleMania match just happen mean nothing. 
Okay, but you allow it if it means that Shane comes back instead. No, I won't allow it. I'm at that point where that would piss me off even more. <laughs> you're insulting my intelligence when you're saying, here's this build-up. Oh, look, Shane Walsh. Oh, no, I don't think they're happy, Vince. Well, we'll just give them what they want the next night on Raw. No, don't do that to me. No. Okay, what if it's John Cena in place of Shane McMahon? No! They shouldn't have done that last night! <laughs> they wanted John Cena to save the day. He should have came down, ripped the cage off with his bare hands, forget bolt cutter, because John Cena doesn't need bolt cutters, and just help him out. F you, Undertaker, on top of the cell. Do that. Why would you not do it at WrestleMania? I don't know, but as far as his health, um, Shane, I read somewhere that basically was all part of the uh, plan to have the EMT or whatever, the cart come out. It was part of the illusion? Yeah. It was uh, a magic trick? Okay. Yeah, it was a magic trick. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying that he wasn't hurt legitimately, but, I mean, it just added to the whole theatric and drama that, oh, man, he could probably be broken in half for <laughs> as, real. As, we're, as he's rolling away, Mark looks at the team and goes, Please give me a thumbs up, Shane. Please. Just let me know you're okay. But, but here's my question. Do you guys think this is the uh, last WrestleMania for Undertaker? No, it's not. He won, so it's not. Mark. Mark. Oh, no. he it, It's it's not his last. Mark didn't think it was going to be his last anyway. He thought that if Undertaker lost, then they were going to do the raw thing with the stipulation on Monday. They got his job back, or Shane reinstated him. But now we'll never know, so it's okay. And I think we're now at the... Are we at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Yes, sir. The surprising second to the last match of the night. The only thing Vegas didn't get right, folks, this is the one that they didn't nail, because I don't think anybody thought that Shaquille O'Neal was going to be in it. Um... <laughs> Okay, um, where to start? WWE has, what, 30 superstars in that ring, baby? You have Shaquille O'Neal. Not a wrestler. He's a basketball player. He's a rapper. He's an actor. He's a cop. He's not a wrestler. Um, you have him throw out Damian Sandow, who got probably one of the second or third loudest pops of the night, who is irrelevant, made irrelevant, and the crowd still loves him. If you're trying to get Shaq over, why is he throw Sandow out there, Mark? Um, you got me. I, I don't know. Are you going to tell us? I I wish I could, but I can't, Dan. Can you tell us? Um, maybe they have something planned for Sandow, maybe? They're going to do a Shaq versus Sandow match, is that it? Why not? I can tell you many, many reasons why not. I mean, you know, Shaq, he has so many nicknames. He might, you know, legitimately be in the WWE for a couple of months or whatever. Call him the big Shaq attack, whatever. But this was just a gimmick match. It was stupid. Uh, kudos to Baron Cor- Corbin. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So kudos for him. Kudos for I guess this means he's on the main roster, but what is, or I guess he's on both NXT and the main roster now. I'm pretty sure he's getting ready to leave NXT. He might do like a 
a big farewell thing. Like, he's gonna finish the Austin Aries feud. But, after that, I think he's going pro. Austin Aries uh, texted out on Twitter after it was over. I just meet the guy that meet 30 people in the WWE already. You know what? I think they should have, like, let Mark Henry won it last yep. night. Yeah, because, I, agree. I agree. I mean, it was in his hometown or whatever, and how they hyped it up and talking about, oh, he was crying when he found out that they were going to have a WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. And this. I'm like, okay, cool. But um, seeing DDP was pretty awesome, too. I it know was, you guys. It was. Oh, you guys are okay with the. No, he's, a, he's in great shape. I mean, thank one. DDP yoga he, works. He also, he also allowed a younger talent to throw him out of the ring, too. Yeah. If I had a pick besides Mark Henry, I would have gone for Adam Rose. You guys know I'm an Adam Rose fan. Anyway, we're going to skip over that. I, I did like the bow lap. That was nice. They did the whole back and forth thing between Baron and uh the other big guy. I forget who was there. It was uh, Kane. Yeah, but Baron Corbin winning, I, that was actually one of the highlights for me. I was like, wow, they did something. I didn't expect the original plan. Thank God they didn't do the original plan. You know what? I kind of wish they did because it would have saved me for the next segment. But the original plan was John Cena to be the special in this, and he was going to get thrown out by Braun Strowman, and the Wyatts wasn't even in it. So, whatever. Uh, I, I doubt that that was going to happen anyway, if you really think about it, because you'd have had your biggest star in a ring with a bunch of jobbers and nobodies. And it gets Braun Strowman over, so that's kind of what you were trying to do. Okay, okay, so Vegas would have gotten everything right except for that match. Uh, I'm sorry, but Vegas pretty much had that, and I'm pretty certain that Vince changed his mind in the last minute. Now, what happened was The Rock wanted to work with the Wyatts, and we'll find out in a minute, and that just pretty much pulled them out. That's, that's pretty much where they went, so... We're going to get to that match actually coming up right now. So, the, our final thoughts are right quick, though, Mark. Uh, Baron Corbin, I know you want to put him over. Oh, yeah. Um, he has picked up his ball, like, everything. The mannerisms in the ring, the promos, even working longer matches and kind of more adding more variety of movesets. Um, I just see positive things for him. He's, I'm sorry, and I know some people are going to be like, oh my God, he's catching on a whole lot quicker than Roman ever did. And he's been in the WWE less than Roman was in FCW and NXT combined. Yeah, I said that whenever I was watching TakeOver, that he's got everything that Roman Reigns doesn't have that WWE wishes Roman Reigns has. Because if you could put what Baron Corbin has learned into Roman Reigns, you'd have the complete wrestler, in my opinion. Baron Corbin, like I said, like the one line he said at TakeOver, shut up, Pink Floyd. There was a guy wearing a Pink Floyd shirt. Little things like that matter so much to get heat, and he picked up on it really well. Dan, do you like Baron Corbin? Um, I do like him. Uh, the thing about it is that even though this is a good push in the right direction, I feel like something's going to go horribly, horribly wrong with him where they're not going to give him the right push that he deserves. Actually. Yeah, it's called being from NXT and going to the main roster. Yeah, maybe so. So it's just something about him or something that's just going to... Everything Everything that could go good might end up going bad. Oh, one more thing that really pissed me off in this match. 
Calabrese was an afterthought. They didn't even acknowledge that he was in the ring most of the time. Yeah, I did see him in the ring, but I was like, uh, it was just a whole bunch of nobodies. Yeah, but Tyler Reese shouldn't be a nobody. That's my whole point. And it's like, I think Vince had the vendetta against NXT. I really, really do. I don't know, because we're going to get to the next segment versus another NXT group being buried. Uh, literally, The Rock came out because The Rock promised that he was going to give us something we had never seen before. He told us for two months. Every single day on his Instagram, The Rock is coming to WrestleMania. The Rock comes out with a flamethrower. Then he lights his name on fire. And I thought that was going to be all The Rock did because the music started playing. I was like, great, that's the end of The Rock segment. Then he told us more that he was going to make history. He promised he was going to make history. And then he told Dallas Texans they made history by breaking the attendance record. Good for you, Dallas. I guess that was the rock surprise. Because we don't know where he was going next. Because the Wyatts come out. And the Wyatts, I'm telling you right now, that was one of the most coolest sights I've ever seen with 100,000 cell phones lit up. Dan, you can't tell me that was not awesome. It was awesome. Definitely was awesome. So then the rock has him get in the ring. Puts him over like a million dollars. Says that the crowd loves Bray Wyatt and he has everything. Everything. And then he proceeds to meet Eric Rowan in six seconds with a rock bottom. Six seconds. Bob Backlund lost an eight. Six seconds. Eric Rowan. And the Wyatts are completely destroyed. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt both get embarrassed after the loyal... Hustle to and respect, John Cena comes out to save his buddy, The Rock. I want my money back for Survivor Series 2011. That's false advertising. They were never supposed to team again. Mark? This is sad. This is sad, sad. So, regardless of Eric Rowan losing in six seconds, right? Beyond that, that's just retarded. Him and Luke Harper ran the FCW tag team division for quite a while, even beating the Shield in the FCW, but that's regardless. So one of the quote-unquote monsters of the WWE loses in six seconds without getting a single move of offense in. But that's not even the worst thing. Afterwards, Dwayne and Cena get to deliver their signature and finisher moves to the other two members of the Wyatt family, one of which took out what is to be your soon-to-be WWE champion like a rag doll and his brother-in-arms, Dean Ambrose. Both of them combined couldn't touch Braun Strowman, yet Dwayne can come off the bench from Hollywood and completely just rock bottom him. Oh no, the spinebuster too. He ended with a spinebuster. And and Braun and Bray and Eric Rowan got zero punches in, zero kicks, zero anything. They teased the sister Abigail, but he spun back out of it. That was the only time a Wyatt actually touched one of the other two. Yet again, you're building Bray Wyatt up, making me think he's some kind of monster. And he dismantled with nothing 
they need to hit the reset button so bad on the white family. They need to take what Lucha Underground does with their movies and start doing their promos from the compound. And I swear they would get more than what they're doing with the Wyatts right now because they're not doing anything productive with the Wyatts right now. Not if you... Yeah, not if you keep booking them to lose in six seconds and not getting zero offense. Wouldn't matter how cool your compound videos are if that's the case. Well, we all knew that The Rock wasn't going to be allowed to be touched. You're the one that told me that because it was insurance agency. Which is even more embarrassing that he would have a quote-unquote match when you know he can't be touched. And if you want The Rock to job somebody, bring out social outcasts. Don't do the Wyatt family. Dan, are you okay with this, or are we all face? Of course I'm okay with this. First of all, let me tell you this. The Rock being there at WrestleMania just hypes up the whole pay-per-view. Everyone's going to buy into it because The Rock's going to be there, not because The Rock is there by himself. He goes in there, does his thing. The thing that got me, as I'm noticing as he does his promo, I'm like, why does he have his wrestling boots on? I didn't expect him to have a six-second match or a match at all, though. Um, I felt like he was upbuilding Bray Wyatt a bit, and I was like, okay, something's going to really go down. Well, I, the crowd bought into it. That's the thing. The Rock heard the crowd, and he played off of it, and that's great, but God, why don't you continue that segment from there? But the thing is, to and screw you, WWE, for your network, because when I'm watching it live, I had some lag, but once I watched it again, it was like, this was cool. He takes off his uh, shirt and pants or whatever. He's about to wrestle. I'm like, are we really going to get a legitimate match? And apparently we did. No, and we did I... not. No, we did not. Well, we didn't, though. But at the same time, it was still cool or the illusion of it. And seeing John Cena come out, I was like, this is awesome. I didn't expect this. And well, I don't know well, why well, everybody's up. We can use the word illusion in this podcast. Right. <laughs> um, at least we're not saying the F word. Uh, John Cena helping out The Rock was just awesome. It was just the icing on the cake. The, yes, I, the, the icing on the cake? That's really how you're going to end that line? That that was like that made my stomach turn. Like I literally, that wasn't the moment where I had to go outside. I was like, yes. I can't even do this. Anthony, you got to understand that the Bright, the Bray Wyatt's, uh, the Wyatt family, excuse me, are officially buried. I mean, yes, he buried them on at WrestleMania, but they've been buried. They it's pretty much the point where their casket has been lowered down into the grave, and pretty much the Rock just put dirt over them. Okay, well so, then they've been okay, buried and break them up. Don't have them together. Also, beyond that, so why didn't Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose be able to touch Braun Strowman? If they were buried, then Roman Reigns, who is now your champion, and his buddy Dean Ambrose, who went up against the Beast, is lower than Braun Strowman. Point end. Yeah, they literally spent over a month trying to knock this guy off his feet, and they couldn't do it. The Rock, who can't even be touched, supposedly. But it, by the way, his insurance company. Let me explain how to you, insurance company. You think that's because The Rock is taking a punch that he still can't get hurt? He had to pick up a 400-pound man and spinebuster him. He could have had a hernia. He could have pulled out a disc. They're stupid. They're, this, is, this was... Oh, my God. It's no. The Rock. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know what? Then come there and do your stick. Make fun of Lana. Blah, blah, blah. I was for The Rock being there. I was one of the people that endorsed it because The Rock is money. 
I didn't expect The Rock to marry the Wyatt family. That's, oh. And, and, and you talk about that they just need to split up. I mean, they've done that, and it only worked on behalf of pretty much Luke Harper. No, Rowan got over in the face. And yeah, he, he did, though, but I'm just saying Luke Harper probably had the better singles. Uh, well, yeah, because they got a title out of it. So. And Bray had the worst, so it was like, whatever. So, I mean, to be honest with you, hey, why not just repackage Bray Wyatt, bring him back as Husky Harris? No, no, no. Oh my god. We just killed Bray Wyatt. Damn, it was it was it was fun thing you've ever said. Wow. It, it hey, is, it's better than what he is now. No, it is not. It was fun while it lasted. Go back and look at some of that Hucky Harris footage and you will change your mind. It was awful. No. Oh God. Folks, we're sorry. Dan's thoughts do not reflect those of wrestling or training up. Oh it, should, it should reflect the whole IWC because no. oh. everyone's tired of Bray Wyatt. Let's get real. Everyone's really? That's why there was 100,000 cell phones? Everyone likes to do that. I don't know why. Everyone likes to do the yes chance. So why when The Rock said they love you, did they all get on their feet and say, ah, oh, yeah, we do. And guess what? It doesn't matter because six seconds later, he buried them. Yeah, exactly. They creative. That's not on the fans. They love Bray Wyatt. Well, they can love someone else. Oh, my God. All right, we're going to move on to the main event. Unfortunately, it was the main event. Uh, it was a great match. I'll, I'll give it that. And the finish was, first off, I'll, uh, I'll leave Mark to talk about Stephanie uh, doing the entrance. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, that crap was awesome. Okay, so the intro video, that was pretty creepy. And then I saw the mask, and I was like, Okay, it's Triple H. And then I noticed the hair behind it, and Stephanie cut an amazing heel promo. And then they had the uh, 14 champions in the mask, leading out the 14-time WWE champion. It was just pretty epic. Roman's entrance kind of sucked as as compared to Triple H's, but normally most people suck compared to Triple H's anyway. It would help a lot if the pyro wasn't off about four seconds. After Roman slammed his fist down, he just kept waiting and waiting on the pyro, and that was that was a huge botch. So, Dan, uh, Mark, uh, talk real quick about Stephanie's outfit. Go ahead and put that over. Okay, so yeah, that that was pretty sexy. I don't know if it was like some like evil witch costume or whatever or like slash Beyonce kind of outfit but uh, that was pretty hot and the match itself was pretty good and her verbals during the match just kind of helped sell the match even more talking about breaking his arm and oh, it didn't just all that stuff match. it helped sell my hormones good lord have mercy she was sexy and mean last night she turned it up to it, a hundred. It was awesome stuff. The finish, she, uh, Dan, she took a spear. Did you see that coming? I did not see it coming. I thought really originally when that set up the whole spear, I thought the referee was going to get the spear. Then I thought maybe the referee and Stephanie was going to get the spear. But she took that spear like a champion. Yeah, like, it was a ball spear. It was beautiful. I was like, kudos to you for that, Stephanie. I mean, she was hot. The uh, interest of it was great. I mean, Triple H always have had a 
one of the best WrestleMania entrances. Um, the match itself was awesome. I thought it was a lot better than what people gave credit to it. It was. It was a good match. Yeah, and, and the crowd, I feel like, should have got involved in it. The only thing I, I can say is, like, to me, it was like, how many times are they going to keep, how many times is Roman Reigns going to keep doing the Superman punch and the spears? I, I felt forever. like I was. Forever. Yeah, it was like, I felt like I counted, like, 20 spears and, like, 50 Superman punches. And this was, like, yeah, this was the second longest match of the night, right? Yeah, it was. And I yeah. don't mind Roman Reigns' moveset. That's not my problem. And like you said, the, the crowd should have got behind it. That's fine and dandy. But they should have got behind it for two months now, and they didn't. And the WWE knew this was coming. They knew that the crowd was going to boo Roman Reigns relentlessly. And if you go back and really watch the match again, Roman has a lot of heel mannerisms in this match. Like, he actually plays for the crowd when he does a big move and says, yeah, look at me now, look at what I'm doing. Uh, it, it just seemed to me like Roman has already started the heel turn, and last night was just a match that was between two heels. That's what it felt like to me. I don't think he's going to be a complete heel. I just think that he's going to, just going to be more aggressive now. And um, that one spot where he took, a, where he, uh, took Triple H through the barricade, I thought he was legitimately hurt, and I thought they was just going to say, let's just call it off and have Triple H the winner, though. But it was pretty cool that he fought through it. And I, it seemed- I liked that spot that Stephanie told the ref to get back in the ring because she knew that if Hunter lost by count out, he kept the title. That was good psychology. And you know what? If that would have happened, I'll guarantee you would have seen like 100,000 chairs getting thrown into the ring. No, you wouldn't have. You would have had them people interrupt him because they wanted Hunter to win. But not like that. You, you, they you don't just... care. They wouldn't care. They didn't feel what Roman had the belt. Exactly. They, they, they cheered for Seth Rollins' heel cashing in at WrestleMania. You don't think that they would have cheered for Triple H to win by any means necessary? And also, on top of that, so you don't think that Roman worked heel at staying outside while Triple H is holding the ring ropes, telling him to get back in the ring, giving him the DX chop right before he hits the Superman punch? That wasn't heelish? I mean, it was heelish, though, but I don't think it's it's going to lead up to him being a full heel. I just think that he's just going to be a little aggressive, and I think he's going to have more character to himself. I mean... He's still a baby face, in my in my opinion. Yeah, he'll never be a baby face, and they'll never be a lot. They won't allow it. Like they can book, they can put him in that role, but he's not a baby face. When eighty percent of the audience doesn't like you, and you're not a baby face, John Cena has been a heel for ten years. Like you can call him a baby face all you want, but John Cena's a huge heel, and that's what Roman. John, and you call it aggressiveness, but if you really think about it, we started liking John Cena when he started acknowledging the booze, and he started playing off of that and telling the people, you know, the ones that like me, that's great. The ones that don't, I'm here to rub it in your face. Like, that's a heel move. And Roman needs to do a lot more of that. He needs more personality. But for me, Monday Night Raw, tonight, Roman Reigns can start the show, and he can tell all of us in the IWC that booed him relentlessly last night where to shove it. And then Seth Rollins should walk out, and then they swap roles. Set in the face, Roman is the heel, and you've saved yourself all this terrible, terrible booking that you've done for the last, I don't know, six months. But for one, what about Triple H's rematch? And for two, 
was it me? Maybe I could be wrong, but they booed him in the beginning. But once, the, you know, he was declared the winner or whatever, right, they cheered him. Let's think about Triple H's rematch thing. He wasn't an active wrestler to begin with. And he said, when I drop this title, I'm only holding it for whoever I want to have it. If Seth Rollins comes back and he's still on Triple H's team, and all of a sudden they're the face, Seth is going to, Triple H will endorse Seth and get that shot instead of him. Okay, but what about the cheers okay. at the end? Okay, number one, they weren't cheers at the end. That was Pyro at the end. Number two, they cheered for the ending, and that was it, and the Spirit of Steph. Um, you can go on and find anyone who was in that building. They were not cheering him at the end of that match. It was Pyro. I can guarantee you yeah, all I mean, over I, the internet. I mean, he has something. There were some people cheering, but like I said, 80% Dan. 80% crap on that, and they continued to crap on it. I want to know if they had any riots in Dallas last night. I didn't look and see, but I expected there's WWE Raven fans to be in full force. And uh, as Mark looked on WWE.com or WWE's Facebook after the show, Facebook has these cool new emojis that let us voice our opinion, and it was at least 70% that were on everything that happened. They hated it. And that's, you know, you can say the IWC is speckled, blah, blah, blah. But it's the majority of people that are speaking. And to me, that's not just fans being speckled. That's when a majority is speaking, then they're all saying, this is crap. And I don't know. WWE just seems to me like the only company in the world that thrives on giving us the thing we hate the most over and over and over again. They never give us a payoff, and I don't no, know. It's it's the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is the payoff, which is the I don't understand it. It's the stupidest thing ever, but it really is better than WrestleMania just about every year. And the other fifty-one weeks out of the year, it gets a two-point So I, I I like to say that the Raw after WrestleMania is the best WrestleMania. I mean, the best Raw of the year, and I'm not gonna go as far as saying it's better than WrestleMania. Maybe the maybe the crowd makes it a lot entertaining because they are so random. You know why it's better after. than WrestleMania? Because we already know what's going to happen at WrestleMania and we don't know what the fallout is. Uh, I can agree with that. Yeah, that's my so final thoughts on WrestleMania. I'll, I'll go with you seem to be the more protagonist, Dan. Go ahead and grade it and give us your best and worst match of the night. So I'm going to give WrestleMania with all the major superstars being out and everything just being put together. And I feel like the whole main roster was pretty much there that wasn't injured. I mean, I got to give it a A minus. We had some great matches. A lot of us didn't, you know, expect the results that we did get. But the best match of the night would be, I got to say... Oh, man, this is so... I got to say the Hell in the Cell match because everything we expected or wanted from that match we got except for Shane winning. The worst of the match, worst of the night was Brock versus Dean Ambrose. All that hype and build-up and whatever, it didn't deliver like it's supposed to. And I feel like, you know, Roman Reigns being the next champion, the new champion now... This is going to pick up. 
I know you guys are probably like thinking, like, what the heck is he talking about? And you guys need to jump off the bear. Ugh, I keep on saying that. the Bray Wyatt bandwagon because Bray Wyatt sucks. I said it. Wow. All right, Mark. Bring the show back to worst match of the night. Okay, so the grade of the show, I'll give it a solid B. It definitely wasn't like in the top five of WrestleManias of all time. Um, all of the matches were pretty decent, except for a couple. And one of those, like Dan said, an honorable mention to my worst match of the night would be the Brock vs. Dean match. But what does get the worst match of the night is Rock vs. Eric Rowan. That is stupidest match that you've ever put on WrestleMania. The best match of the night, besides we got the same finish as we always do on Monday Night Raw, would be the Triple Threat Divas match. Um, the match itself was great. So hopefully we see a lot of fallout on Monday Night Raw, in which I actually do believe that we probably will at least see one, maybe two championships change hands tonight. But I'm going to be, I gave it an F double minus last night. A lot of that was just in character rating. I don't really think it was an F double minus. Uh, I'm going to give it a C, though, just for the simple fact that, like I said, some of the matches were good, but the payoffs were not there. They didn't get it. My best match of the night, I'm going with Hell in a Cell, guys. That was just unbelievable. I may not have liked the outcome, but I enjoyed the crap out of the match itself. My worst match of the night isn't a match at all. It's everything that happened with the League of Nations and that three-on-three Jeritoff one coming down to the ring. That's you, you just totally killed League of Nations forever. So, you, you want to talk about the Whites being married. The League of Nations got married even worse. So, that was just terrible. I don't understand where they're going with any of this, but hopefully tonight clears up some more on Monday Night Raw. We're going to have a pro show probably if it's good, and we assume that it will be. So later on tonight, Wrestling News Radio will be dropping another show. We're also going to have apparently a simulcast where Brian Coughton and RJ Turner are going to do their own version of this wrap-up. So you're going to have two versions, two different perspectives. I want to thank everybody that listened to us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. You can catch us online at wrestlingnewsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and you can get us on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Just type Wrestling Goods Radio. Give us a like and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. I'm Anthony Hammett, and for Dan Tanner, and for Mark Pitts, this is Wrestling Goods Radio, the podcast for the IWC, from the IWC, and until next time, we'll see you. We'll see you.